What is up, bros? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we're a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. Uh, this week on the podcast, uh, we will be talking about our uh, weekly watches, uh, what me and Caleb have been watching for the past uh, week or so. Uh, and then um, right after that, we'll be getting down. down wow be getting down to it uh, <laughs> uh we'll be getting to our headliner of the evening uh which will be our breakdown of wonka um if you guys haven't hopefully you guys tune into this podcast every week but if you haven't in a while uh we did change things up a little bit so 4k spotlight um will no longer uh be a weekly thing we're just going to be covering that every single month uh, at the beginning of the month um and just talking about what cool new releases uh are coming out uh for uh that certain month so if you wanted to know what was coming out in january uh be sure to listen to uh last week's episode um because while there's not a lot that that's where you'll uh learn uh where wow that's where you'll learn what's coming out this month um for uh 4k releases uh so yeah uh but caleb what do you say we get started i say let's do it Hey, this is Mikey T. And the Grant. And Billiam. And we are the Failing Hollywood Podcast. Uh, yeah, we're a show that is real film crew with real cast that talks about real set stuff. Like what it's like to work 70 hours in one week, overnights only. And what it's like to bring coffee to actors. And what it's like to sit in a bathtub with a toaster nearby and be like, maybe I'll just end it all. What it's like to make love on a fake New York set when you're sitting in L.A. but wishing you were in Chicago. That got real very <laughs> fast at the end. <laughs> like I said, dude, there. so he, he sent us eight of those. I've only listened to maybe like four. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that one. Make was... you think about you know dropping a toaster into a bathtub. Jeez, Louise. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna work in Hollywood. Um, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Same here. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um, but no, seriously, you guys should really go check out Feeling Hollywood, an amazing show. Um. What's up, Sam? Welcome. Yeah, a little slower on the draw. You're three minutes or almost four minutes late. Yeah, what what the heck, Sam? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right, getting into our weekly watches of the week. Uh, Caleb, you want to start us out? I would love to. Um, so I watched Paddington 2 this week. Complete, oh, I mean, kind of on a whim, kind of because I was I felt like I was guided to. Um because of uh, this is a, a kind of a tie into the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, Sam was driving. Oh, okay. okay. All right. That's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> excuse. <laughs> yeah. So this was kind of in reference to the unbearable weight of massive talent um, in that movie. Pedro Pascal talks about his favorite movie being Paddington 2 and Nicolas Cage kind of like 
pokes fun at him for it and he's like well have you ever seen it and he's like well no and so they watch it and it it's just hilarious because afterward nicholas cage is just like that is like a beautiful piece of cinema and blah 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 and i was like meh like let's like just for shits and giggles like let's see if that was true or if that was just a gag uh it was not a gag it is a beautiful piece of cinema and <laughs> dude the freaking emotional turn because like at like at the end of the gag like it's the end of the movie and freaking nicholas cage is like in tears and just like that's freaking beautiful and i was like i was watching it i was laughing at, and and all that and that but there wasn't anything like truly like emotional about it and so i was just like all right i wonder like what's gonna like if if this emotional turn will come or if they were just exaggerating for for the film or whatever and yeah and th so the ending is freaking emotional as shit like a freaking gut punch is like the best it was like getting hit by a freight train of emotion because it was just like it was nothing and i was like i knew kind of what the ending was going to bring like and i predicted it from the beginning and i was just like okay so this is how it's going to end up it ended up exactly how i thought it was and then still just freaking ah <laughs> yeah like braille was freaking making fun of me for it and and everything but it was it was a really good movie really really well done um so is it a sequel that tops the first one that's a tough that is a tough call um uh, <laughs> i don't know okay it because the first one's really good too but the first one also kind of acts like an origin and you know how i feel about origins um but i mean the first one is really good good as well like i i'd say they're on par with each other okay nice yeah so i'm gonna be giving this one a five dollar tuesday okay. a very strong five dollar tuesday because this could this could very easily get bumped up to a uh a full price yeah <laughs> yeah um the next thing i watched um i rewatched christopher robin uh this week because i have a toddler and my uh, my movie options are very limited <laughs> um but this one held held up really well um this one was was it was super fun to watch again didn't keep my attention as quite as good but i don't know if that was because i was i was i bet it was because i was distracted by my kid because mm. for whatever reason it, it wasn't holding her attention and so she was off running around and doing whatever and so that was distracting me um gotcha. but when it she was sitting down and paying attention so was i so okay. i i would i am attributing any distraction or any like lack of attention i was giving it i attribute that to toddler rambunctiousness um but it was super fun loved every minute like hearing tigger sing his song was fantastic um yeah i really really like this movie um it's on disney plus if anyone wants to check it out 
actually watch a good live action adaptation of Winnie the Pooh. Because, dude, after we watched Blood and Honey uh, for that one episode, that night I went and watched this just to get that out of my t- get that bad taste of a movie out of my mouth. That was a good call. I wish <laughs> I would have done that. But that is also a movie that is so easily forgettable. That <laughs> that is fair. Like, dude, Blood and Honey didn't even like cross my mind while I was watching this one. Good, dude. Freaking speaking of that, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that there there's already a sequel that's coming out this year. Yep. Um. Did you hear? So did you hear that? Uh, the original Mickey Mouse is now public domain. Like it. I did hear that. And like freaking how fast they all they've already greenlit three pieces of cinema or sorry, three pieces of media, two movies, one video game. Holy shit. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so there's a video game coming out this year, which I'm not going to lie. The video game kind of sounds fun. Um, What is it? So it's you go on this. uh, I think it's like uh, you take a ferry to an island that's infested. In wow, infested with like rodents, and there's a huge, and you're trying to get rid of get rid of them, but you also have to deal with a mutated giant rodent, and that turns out to be uh, Steamboat Willie, the the mutated Mickey Mouse. Oh my um, gosh! So yeah. is it only? Is it? I thought it was Mickey Mouse as a character, or is it only like Steamboat Willie? I think it's just Steamboat Willie. It's it's just the original interpretation of Mickey Mouse. Okay. Because, like, I've seen, like, so much stuff, like, lately about, like, what's, oh, this is now legal. Oh, this is now legal. But it's all revolved around Steamboat Willie. And I'm like, why aren't you going with, like, more modern adaptations of Mickey? No, that's fair. But, I mean, if it's only Steamboat Willie, then, yeah, that that tracks. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, like, the video game. And then the movies are just about a freaking killer Mickey Mouse just killing people um, of shockers. course yeah i bet you um, they're gonna be horrible probably but the fact that like two of these projects were announced day one and they were already well into production i'm just like geez louise people like mm. damn dude i watched um there's so there's a channel that i really like watching they're the ones that do the uh visual effects artists react and like the stunt people react videos and all that. Yeah. One of their their like their team members um is a lawyer. Oh. And so he was he did like a whole breakdown on why Disney isn't pushing to like extend out the uh the copyright for Mickey Mouse. And it's freaking crazy. Um if you could, sum, I'm just curious. If you could sum it up, why is why aren't they? It's you because Mickey, Mickey Mouse isn't as big of a. Uh, it's just because Disney's become so big; it's become much bigger than Mickey Mouse. It, it's like that's ultimately what it comes down to. Pre, I think he said it was like pre 1990. The the characters that Disney w- was creating made up a vast majority of the money that was coming in to Disney in terms of like merchandising movies, like all of that. It was their original character. So that's like, that's Mickey, Donald, Goofy, all of them. And so the reason that they kept paying to get their copyright extended is because 
anyone who would have messed with that, like messed with the image of that character without like legal ramifications would have like done some damage to Disney's brand because those characters were such a big portion of their incoming money. Hmm. And so after 1990, after when Disney started acquiring these other brands, so Marvel star Wars, uh, like the amusement parks and all this other stuff, they started accumulating so much additional wealth and different like funds that were coming in that weren't based off of their characters that Mickey stopped being as valuable to them. Huh? So that's what it's like ultimately come down to is Mickey and the money that he brings and like so the money that they would have put forward to like basically lobby and extend the copyright out again it it comes down to it's it's more it's not as valuable to their time and efforts as it used to be where Interesting. where pre-1990 before all these disney acquisitions they were like they had to like extend out these like the copyrights like i think it was like 20 years or 25 whatever the the span of time was from the beginning of like mickey because they had um like there was so much value tied up in mickey mouse to their company and just that that image and the characters and whatnot huh yeah so as as Disney got bigger and started acquiring, yeah, Mickey stopped being as valuable of an asset to them. Like he's still a valuable asset. Like he's still worth like millions of dollars, but mm. that's freaking chump change compared to the billions of dollars other stuff is is bringing into Disney. All right, fair enough. So they're like, okay, well, we could spend millions of dollars unnecessarily. Because I mean, did like at this point, what people do to Mickey Mouse isn't going to affect Disney whatsoever. That's true. But once upon a time, when it was like, I mean, when the internet wasn't around, like you could do some real damage to Disney, saying like, "Oh, this is like officially licensed Mickey merchandise." And so, yeah, it's the damage that can be done to Disney is so minuscule now that they're not putting forth the effort to ex to lobby and and get the the copyright uh limits extended again interesting yeah it's a it's a cool video um if yeah. you guys want to check it out it's um it's the corridor crew or the corridor channel and yeah it's a it's a great video like Definitely it's a really well done video out. and it, it's all from like a, a legal perspective too. That is awesome. So yeah, it's freaking, it's a great video. Like I'll just, I'll just send it to you when, yeah, we're, please. Uh, when we're done. Yeah. I definitely want to check this out. Cause like you think that I thought that they would still live by, you know, the studio started with a man and a mouse and out of respect for Walt Disney. If I would think that they'd want to protect Mickey mouse at all costs, but I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, ultimately, it like they don't give a flying shit about 
Walt Disney and like that image. They care about the like it, Disney's turned into a bottom line. Like whatever's bringing in the most money, and Mickey is not bringing in the money or the the percentage of income that he used to because mm-hmm. he used to be the majority like money maker of Disney. Yeah, makes sense. Like it was like the animation studios. It was it was all of this stuff tied around Mickey Mouse and his basically his contribution to Disney has just become smaller and smaller and smaller. Now it's to the point where they're just like, who cares? <laughs> Damn. That's insane. Right? Like super like I said, super interesting video. Yeah. Like, if I remember, I'll 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 ta- I'll post the uh, the link to the video in the description. Yeah, of this, but crazy good video if you get a chance to watch. The I mean the guy that does it, um, like he he's freaking amazing with his his words. So it keeps you engaged the entire time, which okay. I really really like, especially through all the Lego the Lego. Ling legal lingo. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's about the uh, the shit that's gone down with Disney. That's about what I expected to go down. Like as soon as <laughs> Mickey turned into the <laughs> public domain. Holy shit, I still can't believe that. That is insane. Yeah. Um, what else did I watch this week? Getting back into the weekly watch. Uh, oh, I went and saw Migration. Great movie. This is a bit of a spoiler for next week, but I, I love this movie. Unfortunately, it is one that I would give a, a stream it recommendation to. Because I feel like that would be the ideal viewing for it. Okay. Um. But I mean, I'll like I said, I'll save I'll save my my thoughts and everything for next week's episode, which is this is what we'll be breaking down. But I very much enjoyed this episode or this uh, this movie. Very nice. All right, so I rewatched a couple movies uh, this week. The first being up, Cat in the Hat. Um, Why? Because I, so I was scrolling through peak. So I have this movie on Blu-ray, but been years since I popped that in. And I was scrolling through Peacock, you know, because Peacock's like a, uh, I feel it's a streaming service that I don't really pay that much attention to. So I wanted to see if there were any good movies on there. And this was just recently added as far as I, I, I think it was just recently added. My, have been there for a hot minute but i saw that i'm just like okay you know what i know it's bad but let's 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 just see let's just remember how bad it is and oh my god it's still so bad (laughs) the only you want to know the only positive i can say about this movie is that a buddy of mine and me catch ourselves quoting this movie quite often at work um this movie is so goddamn quotable to me um but that's about it. Uh, the cat and the hat, the cat, the cat himself is not how he is in the books. Um, because, uh, 
he is never this dirty. There's way too many sexual innuendos with him. Uh, the things are freaking nightmare fuel. Uh, literally the only thing that good that I can say about this movie is the set pieces are cool. Like the sets actually look really cool. Like they, they definitely seem like they're out of a Dr. Seuss book. Um, but are that really not that much good here. I mean, the, the two child actors that play Conrad and Sally, they're pretty good with what they're given. Um, but everything else just sucks. It's a horrible, it's a horrible adaptation. Like, how do we, how do we, how did we go from the Grinch, which Jim carries the Grinch truly understands the story. You truly understand why he hates Christmas. If anything, I feel it adds uh, to the original book. Um, but this one, it's just a slap in the face. Like, and, and this is, I, I, I don't know if I already said this. This is my favorite Dr. Seuss book growing up. The Cat in the Hat will always be my favorite. And so just imagine my dismay seeing my favorite Dr. Seuss character treated so badly as a child. Dude, like, it was so bad. No one has wanted to touch that movie or that that property. <laughs> Dude, like seriously. And dude, I remember when, uh, so my elementary actually did a field trip for this movie to go see this movie in theaters. Like they made an event out of it. It was kind of cool. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm very curious what the teachers thought when the freaking cat in the hat picks up the picture of the mom and it's just like, Oh, who is this? And implies that he gets a, you know what? And Yeah. Uh, wow, just... dude, could you imagine the conversation that that teacher probably had to have with the administration? Dude, seriously, like make a call, like, yo, <laughs> there's some messed up shit in this movie. <laughs> and dude, the fact, have you seen any of like the uh, behind the scenes stuff with this movie? I have not. So, uh, Dr. Seuss's widow was, was her name? Audrey Geisel. I think her was her name. Um, I think that was her name. Um, after she saw this movie, she's like, I knew that Mike Myers was going to turn the cat in the hat dirty. And after, after this movie, she's like, yep, nope, no more live action adaptations of my husband's work. Never again. And like, it was a good, like, I think almost 10 years before she decided to let them do another adaptation with Horton. Here's a who. And that was animated. Dude, so. good call on her part. <laughs> Seriously. Like, uh, like yeah. that would be something it's like the the Seuss family needs to approve any and all adaptations of the of this this work. Like I have did you ever see like the I think it came out in the 90s like the television movie that they did for the Cat in the Hat? I did not. Okay, so so they kind of did like what they did with the Grinch. They they did a TV movie adaptation, way better than this one, of course, not surprisingly, um, but it's still not at, it's still not perfect. And <laughs> what I find funny is the things voices are so high in this one, like I and you know what that kind of makes sense in the animated special. They are freaking like. Um, Lawrence Fishburne levels of low. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He's like, uh, that's not how it, that's not how I pictured thing one and thing two sounding. Somehow that's so much funnier. 
than them having like super high pitched voices. <laughs> oh no, it's funny. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but yeah, no, no, still to this day, we don't have a uh like I, I'll take that adaptation way more over this one, uh, even though I rewatched this one and on, as you can see on occasion every couple of years i will re-watch this movie because there's something wrong with me um just i hope one day we get a good adaptation of the cat in the hat one that actually understands the book and just sticks to the damn source material i mean come on it's not that hard it isn't dude it is not <sighs> and what's messed up too is that I mean, we've gotten adaptations of Horton Hears a Who, the Lorax. We've gotten multiple iterations of the Grinch. Like, there are so many stories of Dr. Seuss that could have worked really well in the animated world. Mm -hmm. um, like, I personally feel like a, a lot of his stories would make really good shorts. Absolutely. Like, um... Excuse me. Uh, I'm trying to. What's the one with like the uh, the 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 creatures with like the star belly or whatever? Oh, is that Sneeches? Yes. Okay. But I think that one has like a different name. Yeah, I forget. Gosh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Because. Recently, didn't like uh, Netflix do like a uh, limited series for like green eggs and ham? Yes. Okay. And I don't know how that works as a freaking show. I don't think Dr. Seuss like goes well with shows. That's fair. Dude, it, it's oh, honestly so I, guess it, I guess it's just called the Sneeches. Oh, it's just Sneeches? Yeah. Freaking some of the stuff that they've cooked up with when it comes to Dr. Seuss stuff. Like, I remember, I think it was in the, either in the early 90s or, uh, or yeah, early, like 90s or 2000s when they came out with the TV movie, The the Cat in the Hat versus The Grinch. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I get you want to take your, like, arguably your two most popular Dr. Seuss dr seuss characters but like from what i remember like like yeah they like argue and stuff but there's never like freaking like them throwing punches at each other yeah that's odd but yeah like i think the sneeches would make a really good short green eggs and ham would make a really good animated short um oh the places you'll go like that yes. would be a really good short dude i would love to see that yeah, I mean that would be, that one I'd say would be more of like an extended short, like as a solid fifteen minutes maybe. Yeah, but I mean the big ones are like Cat in the Hat, The Grinch. Like we've already had ad adaptations of The Grinch, but Cat in the Hat needs an adaptation. Yeah, one that actually understands the damn book. Yeah, I mean when you think Doctor Seuss, it's my mind instantly goes to that damn cat. Yeah. No, seriously, that that is the staple Dr. Seuss character. Yeah, like it's it's in terms of like iconic Dr. Seuss characters, it's the cat in the hat, then the Grinch and then like Horton, Lorex. And it gets a little iffy from there. But number one, like I always think of the 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 damn cat. Yeah. 
So they no one can get it right. Nope. And the fact that um uh when was the last time we watched this movie? I'll be a hundred percent real. I think I've only seen this movie one time. Wow. And that was maybe a month or two after it came on like out in the um, to blockbuster. Wow. It's been that long. Wow. It's been a a long time since I've seen it. And I remember hating that movie. It's yeah. I don't blame you. It's a horrible, (laughs) it's a horrible adaptation, but like at the end there is a, you know, like once, you know, the house is restored and everything and the cat leaves, you see him walking down the street with the things, you know, like doing their thing had things doing their thing doing flips and shit and he's just like oh what, what do you say we go on vacation Let, let's go to hawaii and it teases the 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 sequel the cat in the hat comes back thank god that didn't happen oh man dude i don't know who in their right mind thought that mike myers was the good the right fit for this uh yeah i, I don't know either but just oh my god just horrible casting <laughs> Just for shits and giggles, who is your ideal cat in the hat voice? Because obviously we're not going to get a live action adaptation, but who would be your like ideal voice? Hmm. That's hard. Um Can you think of any? Do you have one? Oh. I have an unconventional one. All right, what do you think? Tom Hiddleston. I don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad choice. <laughs> like I, I've always like kind of with all of Doctor Seuss's characters, I've always kind of pictured them with like an accent of some kind dude the more i think of it the more i don't hate that i actually really like that casting yeah like i so i would either give it to like if they're going for like because i you you know damn well that that's what they're going to do they're going to go with like an a-lister true yeah so yeah um i'm I, i would give that to to tom hiddleston and then if they were going for someone that maybe not quite as well, I mean, I know he's, he's well known now, but I would also think, um, Alan Tudyk would do a good job. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That'd be a great voice. I just put it into my head and now I can't get it out. Owen Wilson as the cat in the hat. Oh, it damn. Wouldn't. Oh, damn. <laughs> Dude, that wouldn't that wouldn't not work. Really? <laughs> oh shit. Oh man. Oh man, dude. You might have hit it right on the head. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right, Illumination. We got your next Dr. Seuss uh <laughs> project. Start calling up Owen Wilson right now. 
Damn, then who do you get for for I mean, well personally in my like ideal adaptation, thing one and thing two wouldn't talk. I agree. Like, yeah, they they'd make noises. Or would they make noises? Or, I'd say yes can... to noise. Like noises at least, but okay. I don't think they would talk. Like, yeah. I think that they would talk into like the cat in the hat's ear. Ooh, I like that. But I don't think that they would like talk talk. Um but if they did, that is one where you'd I think you'd have to do something funny. And yeah. I don't think I <laughs> and I don't think the the high pitched voice is, is gonna be quite as funny. I would personally go exactly what you said with like a Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> How about Lawrence Fishburne as one, Samuel Jackson as the other? That would be hilarious. <laughs> there we go. But Jackson has to be in thing one. Like, actually, wait, no, it'd be funnier if he was thing two. <laughs> Just him bitching about why why does he have to be the second one? <laughs> kind of like this movie has horrible jokes, but the whole joke with how um thing two is just like oh don't call me thing two call me thing a just going through all these then thing one chime uh thing one chimes in with the he's thing one for a reason and people just need to get used to it (laughs) dude you know be who who'd be a really funny duo would be lawrence fishburne and james earl jones (laughs) oh dude Yes, so it's please. like you get one thing one as like a really deep voice and then thing two as an even deeper voice. <laughs> Dude, this would be amazing. Like straight up Mufasa level. <laughs> Dude, that'd be some funny shit. That would be amazing. I'll have to send you the uh, the clip of the of thing one and thing two being introduced from the special because it takes you. You're just like, oh, shit. Okay, wow. <laughs> wasn't expecting that oh man yeah, we'd have way too much fun with voice casting dude that one. we would <laughs> this one would be so much fun uh but yeah so obviously the cat in the hat gets a don't bother like it it's like it's it's a movie that's like so bad it's like kind of somewhat watchable and enjoyable but it's still don't don't bother don't put yourself through a horrible adaptation of arguably next to the Grinch, the best Dr. Seuss book. This is one that I would only say would deserve a nothing better to do. If you have some sort of nostalgic tie to it. Yeah. If you're, if if you're going into this movie new, like kind of how I would, how like I would be like, I'd be going into this, like not remembering anything about this movie. And just like basically going in blind mm-hmm. and the like anyone who's brand new to this movie, absolutely. A, a don't bother. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But uh, next. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, next up, I rewatched The World's End, um, which if you guys haven't seen any of the I guess they call it the Edgar Wright 
uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost trilogy. I think it has a different name, but I'm just going to say that. Um, Cause you have this, you have uh Shaun of the dead and then hot fuzz. Um, this is my favorite out of the three. I freaking love this movie and I hadn't seen it. Um, probably since like it came out. So like when I was in high school and uh, yeah, rewatching it, loved it all over again. Uh, I love these group of guys, uh, you know, a group of guys that, um, you know, they were best friends in high school. Of course, you know, it happens to some friend groups. Uh, you guys get separated after high school and, you know, you kind of don't really talk to each other a lot. Thankfully that didn't happen to me and Caleb. Um, but, you know, someone decides, Oh, Hey, let's get the band back together. Um, and then, you know, shit hits the fan, chaos ensues. Um, and like, they turn this into like an alien invasion movie and it's really fun. Um, but like the whole pub crawl thing is super hilarious. All five of these guys are so, so funny. Um, and yeah, just, and I love British humor. I think it's freaking hilarious. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like there are some jokes and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I definitely couldn't say that in the States. Um, but I'll, I'll laugh at it a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, just, th this is a solid comedy with an amazing cast. And like, honestly, I, I hate that I waited so long to rewatch it because yeah, it's, it's so freaking good. So freaking good. Um, I can't remember. Have you seen this one, Caleb? I have seen this one. So I, I actually rewatched it, I want to say, a few months ago. Hell yeah. Um, and then I remember watching this one with you, and I loved it both times. I thought it was freaking great. Right. And, e so like, good. yeah, even the rewatch, I was like, this movie's really good. <laughs> but I have not seen Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Okay. Um. So those are definitely on my my watch list, especially if it's the same like team. I like Shaun of the Dead is really good. Um, I don't think Hot. F I don't know. I didn't find Hot Fuzz that funny. Uh, maybe I maybe I really should just give it a rewatch. Um, but my opinion. Uh, but with that, we uh we would definitely give this a five dollar Tuesday recommendation um so yeah if you guys haven't seen this please check it out it's a great comedy it's a great buddy comedy oh yeah uh, and then the last that i watched this week uh was masterminds um like you know true like, comedies based on true events like you know that's that's an interesting idea and you know like if it's like i get like you want to tell the source you want to take the source material seriously because you know it did actually happen but you also want it to be funny and i don't know with this one i feel it like tr it it tries to make it too funny and for the more for the most time it fails for me there it, it it's just way too many way too many jokes it's supposed to be a comedy but just too many jokes don't land for me so yeah, I think, I think it's just all right. Um, so if you, if you're kind of looking for like a like a like a not great comedy, but with a pretty decent cast, like this cast is really trying uh, to uh, make this work. Um, I'd at least maybe give it a watch. Uh, 
definitely not worth seeing in the theaters. Um, and I'm glad I did not see it in the theaters. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I liked it. Like I thought it was funny. And like, but yeah, it's it's definitely not one that was a hundred percent worth admission. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, it was all right. I th- I think I think my 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 only like favorite part is the awkward pictures that Zach Galifianakis and uh, yeah, uh, Kate that, that McKinnon, Kate McKinnon did. That is my yes. favorite part. Um, <laughs> really makes me want to go take awkward family photos. <laughs> but yeah, oh, everything man. else is like super forgettable. Like I forgot freaking uh, Jason Sudeikis is in this. Yeah, he's he's a very I've never seen him play this kind of role. Like it's still like, you know, like the quirky, funny Jason Sudeikis, but like it, it's st- it's definitely a different version of him. And it, he's definitely one of the more enjoyable parts of it. Zach Galifianakis, I, I feel he is really trying uh, in this movie to make it work. Um, And he, he's definitely like to me, like the best part of the movie. Easily. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's he's working with a with a broken deck there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it it's all right. Um, uh, we're going to give it a nothing better to do recommendation. Just if you're like really looking for a comedy that like you'll get a few chuckles out of, maybe check it out. But like definitely don't go running to your nearest voodoo account to uh rent or buy this <laughs> is that what you watch it on you watch it on voodoo uh no actually um i've where, where did i find it so i had actually gotten a, a copy of it like in the five dollar bin years ago but i'd never opened it um so i was scrolling through my i was looking through uh my movies and i noticed that and i was like wait really i've never watched that before so i popped it in and yeah i'm glad i only paid five dollars for it (laughs) photos were awesome yeah that that was easily the best scene yes um yeah, I'll have to I'd see say that, a... and when he shoots, when he freaking shoots down his ass crack, <laughs> <laughs> like that was that was one of my that that my was funny too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not anything to write home about. It's it's it, aight. Um, yeah, that's the perfect way to sum it up. It's aight. It's aight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on uh, Weekly Watch? No, I got nothing. All right. Well, wow. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, why isn't Caleb talking? Duh, Jonathan. It's because you're in charge of this episode. Uh, well, moving on from weekly watches, Caleb, what do you say uh, we get into our headliner of the evening? I say let's do it. Hell yeah. Right, so with this headliner for this week, we will be breaking down Wonka, which, oh God, just this movie. That's how we're going to start this out, this movie. 
Um, such a gem. <laughs> such a gem. <laughs> um, but uh, we unfortunately we uh, did not post a question of the week, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I've had way too much shit going on this week. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, and I, I I'm sorry. I should have offered to post it. Apologies. Um, yeah, you're fine. But I'm cu- curious. Off the top of your head, can you think of a Wonka candy that you would want to try? Ooh. Really? Okay, this is a freaking throwback to the OG. I wanted so badly to try the the flavored wallpaper. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'd never heard someone say that when it comes to Wonka stuff. Dude, nice answer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that was that's always been one that's just like anytime I've seen that scene, I'm just like, gosh, that looks freaking cool. Like I I would love that. Yeah, so the 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 tasting paper, um solid. And I guess it may probably the fizzy lifting drink too. Yes. Dude, freaking give me Freaking Grandpa Joe, like, giving Willy Wonka shit. was just like, what is wrong with you? He's like, dude, you stole. Like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and you're giving Willy Wonka shit? Dude, <sighs> straight up. I can't. I think it was. I think it's in the original Willy Wonka. But, like, when one of the kids breaks open, I think it looks like a jellied pumpkin. And they break it open. Um. The stuff that came out of that, I always wanted to try. That looked really good. Like the freaking jelly looking shit. Yeah. Yeah, Both chocolate rooms or just both candy rooms in both Willy Wonka and Charlie. um, All of the shit looked good. Like you definitely wanted to try it all. Oh, yeah. Definitely, dude. I really wanted to try that chocolate from the Chocolate River in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That shit looked like the creamiest chocolate that you could ever have. Yeah, no joke there. I'm trying to think if there's like anything else. Like I was never I was never one to be like, "Ooh, I'd love to try one of those never or everlasting gobstoppers." Same. Like I was just kind of like, "Eh, okay." Like they look I don't know. I I think I don't know. It just seemed like it was looked rubbery. Yeah. <laughs> I think the gum that would like turn into a, a full course meal that actually sounded really cool. That was interesting. Yeah, for sure. But I was also not, I'm still not a very big gum person. All right. So that was never super intriguing to me. And then. Yeah, I think it, for me, it was always the wallpaper. That's no dude. That's fair. Yeah. What, so what what was yours? Uh, I was uh, like the jelly stuff that came oh, out of uh, yeah, yeah. What I forget what the hell. It's been a while since it's been a good while since I've seen the original Willy Wonka. I really need to go back and revisit that. Um. Uh, but can we agree that we both definitely wanted to try Mrs. Bucket's cabbage soup? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> Nothing goes better with cabbage than cabbage. Like, come on. Dude, there's nothing I dislike less than cabbage. Really? Yeah. 
So you will not eat, eat corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day. I do not like corned beef and cabbage. Okay. That is my least favorite thing to eat. Wow. Okay. Like so much so that that is that has almost turned me off to most <laughs> like Irish foods. Okay. Like, do you have a food that like a food like type or just like a, a food from a certain culture that you just start drawn more towards? Whether it be like Mexican food, Italian, or whatever. Uh uh I don't know, probably I guess Italian, just because there there's so much with uh there's so many entrees with almost the exact same sauce that you can't really go wrong. Um, and they all taste so freaking good. So I guess I would say Italian. Hmm. Yeah, I I am not like super drawn to Italian because I don't care for the pasta. Oh, okay. And maybe it's just because there was like a really long span of time where we were eating like nothing but pasta. Hmm. And so anytime we eat pasta now, I'm just like, I'm good. <laughs> that's funny because like pasta is like top three favorite dishes for me. That's that's funny. Yeah, but I find myself drawn to um, Japanese food. Ooh, okay. Like that, just that style. Like I will eat like ramen over like spaghetti pasta any day of the week. Okay. And I don't know what it like. I could I could eat. I feel like I feel like I could eat just a stupid amount of ramen. <laughs> I mean, dude, top ramen is some good shit. I don't care what anyone says. People are just like, oh, but it's for college students. It's for if you're poor. Who gives a shit? It's some good <laughs> stuff. It's like, OK, obviously someone hasn't checked my bank account. I <laughs> am poor. <laughs> Same. Um, and like. You know, I, I don't care about the sodium, don't care about that kind of shit. If it tastes good and it fills me up, who cares? Yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law, she, she is, she's a punk for doing oh, this no. to me. We went to her, or we went and hung out with her um, in California one time. It was like, I want to say it was right before iris was born but we went to california to go visit and she took us to this ramen joint that was just the shit it was Ooh. so good and i was like gosh damn it this this might have ruined top ramen for me <laughs> and sure as shit as soon as i come home because i didn't do anything like super crazy with my ramen like mm -hmm. i it was just the normal like the the packets yeah. And then I would put in like a little garlic powder and a little onion powder. And that was it. Dude, I've never even done that. That sounds amazing. It's it's pretty freaking good. Like, I don't I'm like you just you that. just sprinkle like a little bit on top. OK, I'm going to try that. Like I what I would do is like when I would sprinkle it, I just do like a lap around the the pot. OK, with it. So, I mean, obviously getting like a good amount, but I just do like a quick one, like do that with both of them. And then I just I'd put it in a little soy sauce too, and Ooh. so that was that was the maximum amount of stuff that I would do to my ramen. Like now, <laughs> like after that, 
I always put in um, an egg. Ooh, okay. So what I'll do is I'll separate the the egg whites and the yolk. I'll put the the raw yolk in whatever bowl I'm going to use, mm-hmm. and I'll keep the the egg whites out until I'm ready to until I'm like maybe like ten minutes away from like being done, like cooking my ramen. So I'll dump the the egg whites in, wait till those are all cooked up. And then while it's while the, the ramen's like super hot, I'll pour it on right on top of the, the yolk and it will cook the yolks like perfection. And they're oh. still runny. Like they're freaking fantastic. But yeah, I go freaking nuts with it now. And I don't know if she meant it as a joke or what, but she sent me <laughs> like the the cup of noodles and it was like their their hot and spicy chicken dude that stuff is the bomb really okay <laughs> it's so freaking good i'm like gosh damn it <laughs> yeah like she's she is now like the freaking noodle queen <laughs> oh that's awesome like she has not led me astray when it comes to ramen <laughs> That is is awesome. I love that. Yeah, like she sent that to me. That was like my Christmas gift, and I freaking love it. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. Like I and I, I, I don't like cup of noodles either. So I just kind of was like, "Oh, that's funny, ha ha ha," and kind of set it aside. And I wasn't planning on eating it, but it was like really late, and I wanted something quick. So I was just like screw it why not like i got these these noodles made the cup of noodle and everything and tasted it i'm like god damn it <laughs> like this is actually really freaking good <laughs> like it's the worst but it's like it's like that level of spicy where like while you're eating it the spice doesn't like kick in until after you're done Oh, and so okay. it's like, and it's, it's so good, but yeah, I was so, I was so pissed. I'm just like, gosh, damn it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So now I'm wanting to try making like <laughs> quick ramen, like the Mason jar cup of noodles <laughs> for work and shit. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I was, I was pissed at her. Dude, you're going to become a ramen connoisseur before you know it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm attracted to that kind of stuff. I think it's the egg noodle versus like the flour noodle. Yeah, I think that's the the big difference. Like flour is just it, I think it's just too heavy for me. Where the egg noodle is, I mean, I don't even know if there's technically a difference between like a ramen noodle and like a pasta noodle. Yeah, you got me. But here, I'm gonna look real quick. <laughs> ramen noodle versus pasta noodle. Oh, they're not entirely different. Wow. <laughs> Both are made with wheat flour and water. Um, however, ramen noodles include one extra ingredient called konsui, which gives the noodles their unique flavor and color. Okay, so maybe... So whatever the Kansui is, <laughs> that's what that's the magic ingredient. 
That's fun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, now I'm, I'm done talking about noodles now. <laughs> oh, my. All right. I don't even remember how we got on that. Uh, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> you got me, man. You got me. Oh, man. Isn't uh, that the shit? Yeah. Anyway, uh, getting into our headliner, uh, Caleb, you want to let people know how we break down movies on this podcast? I would love to. Um, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies up into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final all bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm and give us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade. Um, and yeah, it also gives us a percentage so we can see an official ranking, but that's not quite as important as the letter grade itself. Um, so if you have not seen Wonka, this might be a hard one to spoil, but we are going to be spoiling it. Yes. Uh, so we will be posting that spoiler now. Um, so, yeah, if you listen beyond this point and anything about Wonka is spoiled for you, that's on you. So with that, Rose will be reading off the synopsis for the entire film in our favorite segment that we like to call Reading with Rose. <laughs> All right. Willy Wonka, an aspiring magician, inventor, and chocolatier, arrives in Europe to establish his chocolate shop at the Galleries Gourmet. Burning through his meager savings, he is coerced to stay at Mrs. Scrubbit's boarding house by her henchman Bleacher, and despite Orphan Noodle's warning about the fine print, signs a contract because he is illiterate. To pay them off, Wonka introduces Hover Chocks, chocolate that makes people fly, facing mockery from three rival chocolatiers who called the chief of police to confiscate his earnings for selling without a chocolate store. Unable to pay the exorbitant fees imposed on him by the contract, Wonka is captured and starts to work in a laundrette for Mrs. Scrubbit alongside five other captives, including Noodle, learning including Noodle, sorry, learning of a chocolate cartel consisting of the rival chocolatiers who exploit the chief's weakness weakness for chocolate to force Wonka to leave town. Wonka makes his escape with the help of Noodle. While he promises her a lifetime supply of chocolates, she promises to teach him how to read. Wonka tells Noodle that his affinity for chocolate stems from his late mother and mentions the theft of his chocolates by an, an, wow, an enigmatic, I think that's the word, enigmatic orange man who has been stealing them for years. To produce his signature chocolate, Wonka and Noodle travel to the local zoo, milking Abigail the giraffe. Together with other laundrette workers, they embark on a chocolate-selling crusade to alleviate their debts while using tunnels underneath the city to evade Scrubbit and the chief. And the chief, unmasking an Oompa Loompa named Lofty as the thief, Wonka discovers that the Oompa Loompa seeks retribution for the cocoa beans Wonka took from Loompa Land years ago under Lofty's watch before he escapes by duping Wonka. 
Using the funds raised from selling chocolates, the captives open Wonka's dream chocolate store. The chief and the chocolate cartel, now unable to arrest him since he has a legitimate shop, expose him to scrub it, infusing his chocolates with Yeti sweat. With Yeti sweat. Oh my god. Sorry. The chief and the chocolate cartel, now unable to arrest him since he has a legitimate shop, expose him to scrub it, infusing his chocolates with Yeti sweat. Scrub it incites chaos among the customers, leading to the destruction of Wonka's store. Wonka agrees to the cartel's offer to leave town by ship to pay off everyone's debts. All of the workers are released from the laundrette except Noodle. Cartel leader Slugworth pays Scrub it to keep her indefinitely. Wonka deduces that Noodle is Slugworth's niece before he and Lofty are forced to jump off the boat that has been rigged to explode. After rescuing Noodle with the help of the group, they devise a strategy to obtain the cartel's incriminating account book. Taking advantage of Abigail's distraction, Wonka and Noodle infiltrate the cartel's base. They are confronted by the cartel who reveal, who reveal that Noodle, who was reported dead to her mother Dorothy, was left by Slugworth to scrub it in order to eliminate her claim to the family fortune. The cartel attempts to drown Wonka and Noodle in chocolate, but Wonka enables Lofty to rescue them and unveils the cartel's misdeeds to the authorities and the public. They release the cartel's chocolate reserve through a fountain laced with Wonka's unique ingredients, ruining the cartel's enterprise. The cartel meets their downfall and the police arrest the chief. The crowd revels in tasting Wonka's chocolate fountain and Wonka unwraps the last chocolate bar his mother had given him. Sorry. Wow. The crowd revels in tasting Wonka's chocolate fountain, and Wonka unwraps the last chocolate bar his mother had given him, discovering a golden paper with a message that says, What matters is who you share the chocolate with. He aids Noodle in reuniting with Dorothy, settles his debt with Lofty, and acquires an abandoned castle to commence building his own factory with Lofty as his tasting chef. In an epilogue, the captives return to their old lives, and Scrubbit and Bleacher are arrested after their attempt to eliminate evidence of sabotaging Wonka's shop backfires. All right. <coughs> oh, man, dude. This was so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah i i definitely struggle with that one sam i can understand why you loved that one <laughs> some big words um but yeah anyway that like i know that no one was you know like freaking clawing or scratching for a wonka origin story no one was but what they were able to cook up here like it works so well. Um, just, oh my God, from the, like, it, we'll get with this, it, with the, the music, but like, like the first song that starts when the movie starts with a uh, hat full of dreams and the way that it introduces us to Willy Wonka and his, his dreams, his ambitions. Um, I appreciate that, Sam. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you defending me. <laughs> Love you, Stacy. If you're listening. Um, uh but just yeah just seeing wonka's dreams ambitions um and and throughout just seeing what he has to go through to uh like actually get to where he wants his chocolate to be having his own shop you know being able to create what he literally has cooked up in his mind um 
and just the characters that follow along the way noodle um all the other people that work at the lawn the laundrette um especially the chocolate cartel like oh my god just i can't say a good enough good about this story it works so goddamn well Dude, it absolutely did. Like, it's set up its A story and its B story, like, so well. Mm-hmm. And followed them to a natural conclusion that didn't feel forced on either end. Nope. Like, that was, that was the biggest pro here. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure how... Th- I, I knew, like, the ultimate goal was to get to the point of him owning uh, a factory. Yeah. Like I knew that was more than likely going to be the end goal where with Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, we get him. um, Oh gosh, damn it. What's the word we get him like retiring. And then in this one, like we're just getting to the point where he's beginning. Yeah. And that, like I think that's where all of us kind of assumed we'd ultimately end up. Yeah, and like that that scene alone, like freaking when he like just the way that they did that, like it's all just building out as he's singing um pure imagination. I was smiling the whole time. Like this is just amazing. <laughs> Dude, when he first started singing that, chills. Dude, right? As like, oh dude, I knew God. I knew the song was coming because like you hear the 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 tune yeah. at the beginning. So I'm like, okay, so we are going to be getting pure imagination, yeah, in this song or in this movie at some point. And the freaking build up, dude, like you knew damn well it was coming. I was just like, oh yes, yes, yeah. And then as soon as he started singing, I was like, ah. I, I just love how it like finishes up two stories in the song. Like you get the tie up with noodle and, you know, her discovering her mom at the, and finding her mom at the beginning. And then the rest of the song is Willy Wonka telling lofty the, the Oompa Loompa about what he wants to create with his chocolate factory and, you know, him trying to convince him to come along. And, you know, he, 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 he is convinced um, just, yeah, it's just so freaking good. Like, Oh my God. Dude, it was really, really well executed. Like that's, I think that's the biggest pro here. Mm-hmm. Is it was just, it was excellently executed. And like honestly, the the fact that because uh, Paul King is his name, right? Who directed this? I want to say yes. Um, you know, if you look at his track record, freaking first two Paddingtons, like you had a feeling that he could do something like this, but the fact that he could make it as magical as I feel the Gene Wilder version is, and just, you truly feel like you're in a world of pure imagination with this movie. And, um, and I, I'm glad that um, I decided to go see this in XD because Oh man, I'm so jealous. (laughs) It was so worth it, dude. It was so worth it. And the fact that like, it was, it was, I think like it was only, it was an old couple in front of me. And then like a uh, couple behind me um, that were the only ones in the theater and no one talked, no one had their cell phones. I was like one of the best movie theater experiences I've ever had. 
I, I, do, I love I know. that you have to say that, oh, basically no one was in here and it was great. <laughs> so someone pointed out and they've got a point here. When you go to see a movie in like a kind of like a higher format, like, you know, XD IMAX, you're usually going with people that actually know, like are, they want to go, they want to, they're, they want to pay the extra money. They, you know, they actually know theater etiquette. They're not going to talk during the movie, uh, be on their phone for half the time, you know, shit like that. Um, these people are, you know, they're, they're paying the extra money to actually sit down and watch the thing that they pay the money for. And yeah, they're not wrong. Um, because like I said, no one had their phones out. No one talked. It was, it was freaking great. Um, but yeah, freaking seeing the visuals of Wonka on that big of a screen, especially the ending, like the last 20 minutes, or I guess like the last 10 minutes when the factory is bi being built around him, like that alone is worth the extra money in my opinion, because like, like I said, I could not like wipe the smile off my face that I was having when he was singing pure imagination to, um, to lofty, right. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Just, ah, oh, man. God, I I love this movie. I I love this movie. Dude, it is it's so good. Um man, like I said, the, the it's just the, the structure of it that yes. they were able to build. Like I think that they could have easily gone either route of like diluting the main plot line or like with the the whole laundromat thing and they could have like really heavily diluted like they could have just thrown that like the laundromat situation in like that's what i was kind of afraid that they were going to do when he was talking about like his escape plan more or less on like what that whole situation was going to be mm -hmm. and so i thought like oh now this is just a something that's not going to come up ever again like or maybe like the whole in like the debt thing, like that's going to come to play later. But I, I wasn't expecting it to be as, as such a big part as it was, or as it turned out being. Yeah, I know. And I, I definitely didn't expect the uh, rest of the uh, laundrette uh, prisoners or whatever you want to call them to have such a big part in Wonka's story of like him actually being able to open his first shop. That was, yeah. That was really that, cool. That was way cool. And just like tied in those two stories damn near flawlessly. Yeah. And honestly, I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you, you said it was Paul King that mm -hmm. directed this. Yeah. yeah. If he did the first two Paddingtons, those those movies are gems. Yeah. I still haven't seen the second one, but yeah, the first one is so freaking good. Yeah. Watch the second one for sure. Dude. I think I'm going to watch it this week. I, I'm. I'm definitely going to do it because yeah, this, this guy knows how to direct like really, really well. Yeah. Like he is, I don't know if it's just because he's adapting roll doll situation or movies or like storylines. I think Paddington's a roll doll, right? I don't think it is. I could be wrong though. It is though. Here. I want him to do more Royal Doll stuff. Uh, it does 
look like it. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, nope, nope. I lied. Huh. It's uh, someone Michelle Bond. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. Um. Oh, what was I getting at? Yeah. It. It. He's able to. I would love to see hit him do an adaptation of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Dude, same here. Like now that oh, we've gotten this, like I, I'm like, dude, do a full freaking trilogy. I like, like make yes. it a trilogy. Like, do the Willy Wonka, and then do what happens with Charlie after he takes over. Like, I'd be very just because I feel it's a hard one to do. I would be very interested to see his take on uh, Charlie and the great was it Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator? I think that was the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I do. I'm not familiar with that story. It's weird. It's, it's, it's weird. very, it's very weird. Um, but if anyone could put, could pull it off, I think Paul King could. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see him do a take on the classic Willy Wonka story. Yes, absolutely. Um, like I wouldn't even be mad if they did same like Timothy Chalamet for that as well. Dude, I wouldn't either because I mean, I'm going to save my opinion with him for acting. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. We loved him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious. Did you and did you take Iris to this with you? I was going to, but so Brielle wanted to take Iris to go to a craft store today and just go run a couple other errands and like go hit up McDonald's and whatever. And so I offered, I offered to take her and she's like, well, I know it's like a family friendly movie, but it's not like really a kid. Like, like it's not aimed towards little, little kids. Mm. And I was like, I mean, it's a musical though. And I, I regret not taking her. Yeah, that would have been really, I think she would have loved it. Like she, I I think she would have definitely been up in her seat dancing around. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like she would have been like she would have gone crazy for this movie, especially that I would have loved to see her little uh, her dancing to the Oompa Loompa song. That'd oh, be gosh, so dude. adorable. There's no way that she wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so adorable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the story was just so well put together. Um, I have like super close to no complaints over the story. Same here, dude. <laughs> Same here. Where are you sitting? I'm. Pr- I am really freaking high. <laughs> um, personally, um, I think I'm gonna be at 96. I I think I'm going the opposite end of the 90s. Actually, I might be a little lower. I, th- I think I'm, I'm go- going to 93. Okay. Like, I'm still really high. Yeah. And I th- I'm trying to think of, like, any, like, story issues I had. But, like, even, like, the chocolate cartel. I know. Well, and I can't, just because it's been a while since I've seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I know of Slugworth. You know, de- that's definitely a staple of Willy Wonka. But. Were the two other two in um 
I don't so, remember them. Okay. They got quite the names. Fiddle, fiddle something, and I forget the other one. Yeah. And, Wait, Slugworth. Who was that? The the freaking dude that like was hitting up the kids. Hit. Like who? Who's oh Slugworth yeah. In the in the OG. Yeah, Slugworth is the one that um he uh remember it's I think after Charlie finds his golden ticket and he's running through uh the tunnel and slug very creepily Slugworth just comes out of the shadows and is uh tells uh Charlie like oh hey when you go to the factory um be sure to find any secret recipes you can find of Willy Wonka's and pocket them for me and if you give them to me i will make your family rich beyond their wildest dreams i will make it worth your while if you steal from wonka for me okay so he was like the nazi looking dude <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's how i remember him <laughs> no dude seriously uh and i dude you know i've loved every iteration of him he was fantastic in this one he was great in willy wonka and uh, even in Charlie, um, even though he doesn't really get to, I feel like he has the least amount to do in Charlie. Oh, um, yeah. Because because like literally there's just one part where a guy comes out of the factory that was a worker and hands him an envelope of a certain recipe. And then you see um, him. I think he either does like the everlasting bubble gum or like the ice cream that will never melt. Um, does one of those. Um but now think about it, with Charlie and the Chalk Factor, I'm wondering if the other two that do, because there was the ice cream that would never melt, the uh, the gum that would never lose its flavor. I forget the other one. I'm wondering if the other two were actually the two other Chocolate Cartel members, if if those were the two. Could have been. I need to watch Charlie and Chalk Factor again, because yeah, now I'm very curious. Dude, wasn't, wasn't Slugsworth... Uh... Or at least in the OG, the Gene Wilder one, wasn't he like someone that worked with Willy Wonka? Gosh, I need to rewatch. This I can't movie. remember. Yeah, I do too. I can't remember. Yeah, don't don't be surprised if Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is on my weekly watch next week. <laughs> <laughs> you should do like one does Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the other one does Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on over to writing. Just as good. This one, I would actually say a little lower. Not much. Not much. All right. Um, any writing issues that I had were 100% due to Keegan Michael Key's character. Okay, you know what I can. Okay, yeah, you know what I can agree with that. He felt very unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact that he doesn't even actually have a name; he's just chief of police. Yeah, like, they don't give him a last name, nothing. Like, okay. Um, which so, kind of showed how little care they. Yeah, which not not like he's great in it. He he definitely does a great job with what he's given. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. He uh, the the writing for him definitely is very unnecessary. I'm sure that they could have found a different way for the chocolate cartel to take out Willy Wonka. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't need the middleman here. Nope, not even a little bit. 
like I don't know. I, I think maybe like the, you could have gotten Bleacher to kind of be the like that guy. I agree because you know if it's discovered that you know they were working with Mrs. Scrubbit um, for quite a while, like ever since you know like the thing that happened with Noodle. Um, so yeah, you think that they'd come back into business with each other to when they find out about Willy Wonka. Yeah, I mean, you would think, but yeah. I don't know. I, I personally, I feel like he could have been written out very easily. No, dude, I gotta agree with you. Yeah, but I mean, but that doesn't affect my writing score too bad. It does knock it down a few points. Because right. I mean, even though I felt he was unnecessary, he wasn't unnecessary to the film. He still okay, yeah. play, he still played an important role. It's just he could have been rewritten to be not part of the film. Yeah. Um I do have a question for you with the writing. Um when it comes cuz you know with when it comes to Willy Wonka, he, he, Willy Wonka needs his Oompa Loompa. Like that's how it always has been. But at all do you wish that the Oompa Loompa was written in like a different way do you feel that like he felt unnecessary you wanted more from uh the oompa loompas um, it made sense yeah. why he was in it okay and i i do agree like you kind of need to include his his origins with the oompa loompas mm -hmm. and i think this I like this version a lot better than like how they handled them in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, so the Johnny Depp one? Yes. Okay. I like I like this one where it's like, oh, they're just these people that are obsessed with chocolate. And so that's why they come to basically live in Willy Wonka's factory. And so I, I really like that aspect of it. Wasn't um, technically and Charlie on the Chocolate Factory? Isn't that how they are too? Like that, they're obsessed with the cocoa bean. So, Willy yes, Wonka but it's like them. he wanted to pay them in cocoa beans. Where oh, this, yeah, it's like, oh no, he just wants to pay them being like chocolate tasters. I don't know, kind of the no, same. You got thing. a point. Kind there. Of not, I mean, I thought I thought it was better handled here. No, it's fair. No, dude, I get that. Um, but yeah, I think this is something I went in wanting the Oompa Loompa or, uh, Lofty to be in this a lot more than he was. So I went into it, the movie thinking that, that I wanted the Oompa Loompas in this a significant amount, how much he was in it was just right for me. I agree. And it's um, because they did such a good job at building up the character of noodle yes seriously though like what's in you know i get why because you want to sell that like oh hey this is you know uh the origin movie of willy wonka and you know the oompa loompa so it, it felt like like 70 to 80 percent of the screen time of of lofty is in the trailers like there's barely anything new with him but noodle was 
barely shown at all in the trailers and the story that you get with her and the connection that you get between her and Willy Wonka. It's like a brother sister situation. And I loved it so much. Dude agreed. Like I, I, I don't think it could have been better put together. Agreed. Like the lofty as the Oompa Loompa was in it enough. Um, and he was he was hilarious. Oh yeah, when he was on screen, and like, yeah, Hugh, I, Hugh Grant killed it. But Hugh Grant kills it in everything he does. So I wouldn't say that. I think so. He went through his like heartthrob stage where he was doing a lot of uh, dramatic romance movies, right. yeah. and he was always like the the very dry character. Like if it, yeah. if there was a joke, he wasn't the one making it. And so right, seeing him take on a role like this, and so I'm like, dude, I've been seeing him in a bunch of shit lately. Like I was yeah. telling Brielle this, I was just like, it's weird seeing like Hugh Grant because I used to hate him. Really? Yeah. Like any, like I avoided most um, movies that included Hugh Grant. Interesting. But now I freaking love him because of how funny he is as an actor. Like I'm, I'm just going through real quick some of his movies. Yeah, I mean Paddington, Paddington Two was good. Wonka, Dungeons and Dragons, like these were all like solid movies. And then it's just like some of his other ones were not good. Like the Bridget Jones Diaries. What about uh, um, Notting Hill? Did Love you Actually. Love? I was just about to say, did you not like Love Actually? I liked Love Actually. I didn't okay. like him in Love Actually. Yeah, you know, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like some of his other stuff, like his his younger stuff, where it was, I don't know, maybe I just haven't been seeing the right stuff of his, but I I like him better when he's being goofy. That's yeah, I can agree with that because, like the two, um, wow, the two roles that I, I think these were his only two roles at least that I know from this year were his role in Dungeons and Dragons and then here both I enjoyed quite a bit. Oh yeah, I loved his performance in in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am just because I feel like the chief of police could have been rewritten. Honestly, I think you could have taken it out and just had the cartel paying off the police. Like, yeah, I, don't okay. think, I don't think you needed like a full blown freaking character. And I think you could have done some funny shit with that. Like maybe the entire police force just ended up getting fat. Yeah, like, that, that would have been, been kind of funny. Yeah, I would have enjoyed that. Just one. But I, I don't know. I think I think he could have been dealt with differently. So that's, that's dropping me from a ninety-three to a ninety. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely agree. It does drop me a few points. Um, so I think I think I'll drop the. You know, I, th I think I'll match your uh, story score, so I'll go ninety-three. All right. Next up, we got acting which oh boy 
so many great performances here. Dude. So you want to go through them? I would love to. Um, so we got first the man himself, Mr. Timothy Chalamet, who played Willy Wonka. We have, I hope I say this right, Kawa? That's how I pronounce it. So Kawa Lane, who played Noodle. Keegan-Michael Key, who played the chief of police. Like we said, he didn't even have a name. Just, <laughs> that's what he's credited as. Uh, we have Hugh Grant, who played Lofty slash the Oompa Loompa. Or AKA the Oompa Loompa. Uh, Patterson jo- Joseph, who played Slugworth. Matt Lucas, who played Prod Nose. Matthew Banton? I'd say Bainton. Bainton, uh, who played Fickle Gerber. Olivia Coleman, who played Mrs. Scrubbit, and Tom Davis, who played Bleacher. So, yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> this cast was freaking bitching. <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. Just amazing. Like I will say this. I had close to zero hopes that Timothy Chalamet was going to be any good. Really? Damn. Yeah, like it do it's because like everything else I've seen him in, like I I mean I've seen him in Dune. I've seen him in uh Don't Look Up mm. and a couple other things too. Oh, Little Women. Yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah. Um so like those movies, he didn't have very much personality. He was always like very bland and dry. And the stuff that I've seen him in, in terms of like SNL, I'm like, it seems like he's trying a little too hard to like show off a personality. Yeah. All of that was just freaking squashed with this one. (laughs) I was like, dude, he is fantastic. And the fact that he sings everything himself, bro. Right. Yeah, dude, I'm on the same page as Caleb. Like, I was never, I've never been on board the Timothy Chalamet train. Um, because Dune bored the shit out of me. Like, not his, his performance was all right. Um, and I blame that probably on the script, but yeah, I found the movie boring as hell. Uh, Little Woman, he wasn't in enough for me to get in a good, I guess, impression of him. And so, like, I feel that this was my first true impression of Timothy Chalamet. I get it now. I I completely get it. Like this kid can freaking act. He can sing. He like, I truly think Gene Wilder would be proud uh, with his interpretation of Willy Wonka. He knocked it out of the freaking park. Yeah. He killed it. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like I never saw like the appeal with him and people were just like oh he's so funny like has a great personality i'm like does he though (laughs) and i mean honestly sure he does like in his personal life but i mean i was gonna say like the like the interview all the interviews i've seen from wonka he seems like such a nice guy like i would love to meet him in person he seems like such a chill guy yeah and dude he it wasn't even like a a it didn't take very long for me to freaking love his character. Like it took me 
barely five minutes of him being on screen before I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like it was the first, like, I think it was the first song that I was like, dude, he, like shit. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Yeah, dude. Freaking strong start, sir. <laughs> I find it funny that just because unfortunately a lot of audiences do not love musicals. Like it's, it's not their cup of tea. And so the way that they um, have to advertise these movies, they don't have to, they can't really advertise that they're a full blown musical. And, you know, looking back at, you know, this trailer, the Mean Girls trailer, especially because you're really not seeing a lot of music in that one, even though it's a musical adaptation, it's an adaptation of the musical from Broadway. Um, you you kind of have to trick audiences these days into getting into their seats and they don't find out that it's a musical until the movie's already started, um, which is unfortunate because like it sucks that, you know, like. I get musicals aren't for everyone. They're my absolute favorite thing. Like next to horror movies, that's my shit. Uh, I absolutely love musicals and I'm glad to, and I'm glad that Caleb's on board with musicals as well. I don't know how much he was before he met me. Um, not but, very, no, not okay. very at all. <laughs> I, I, there were, there were maybe a small handful of musicals that I actually enjoyed watching. Right. Um, now there is a much larger list and it, it it's it's gotten me thinking like do i actually like musicals <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was just like yes I've been, yes I've you seen, do maybe it's just because i've like seen some shitty ones and maybe that's what's like turned me off but the ones that i've been watching lately have been like really good right because i mean any musical that we've done on the show like i've enjoyed good no see i love hearing that um so yeah, it's crazy that you know audiences have to be tricked nowadays into going to see musicals. Um, but I, I hope that when they do actually watch them, that they do really appreciate how good most of them are nowadays. And Wonka is freaking up there for for sorry, Wonka is freaking up there when it comes to musicals for me. And the fact that this is an original musical, like this isn't a a Broadway uh adaptation nothing like that these are original songs original ideas um that have you know never been told just blows my mind yeah dude i can't wait to get into the music because i have some like some thoughts on it yes um but yeah getting back to the cast uh i think we can both agree number one is going to timothy chalamet oh absolutely okay um, god so amazing. let's hear what your two three and four are going are going to be okay uh number two um i gotta give it to kala kala what how do we say her name i i'm just gonna guess that it's kala kala sorry thank you kala lane who played noodle wow um amazing performance uh like i said earlier the brother sister dynamic that is created throughout between her and wonka is so genuine and it just makes you smile throughout and i feel when it truly comes to fruition with the song um oh, what is it i don't think it's called life doesn't seem so bad um but just her, you know, talking about how he's like the only good thing that has ever happened to her. It just, it's such a great song. and It's so sentimental. Um, but just there's that just watching their relationship build throughout. And when we get to the finale of her finding her mom and 
you know, her, her having to part ways with Willy Wonka. It, it just, it feel you're sad by it, but it feels so right that he was able to do such a genuinely beautiful thing for her. Yeah. So um, she, I think oh, the, or I was just looking through the, the soundtrack real quick. I think the one that you're thinking of is for a moment. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, number three. God, everyone is just so good. Um, I think number three. I'm gonna give to Patterson Joseph, who played Slugworth. Loved his performance. He added. I feel like it's a very with both adaptations. I feel he's a one very one note character. In this one, he actually does give him a little bit of depth. He's still kind of the same. He's he's still a very sleazy guy. Yeah, well, he's someone that you love to hate. Exactly, and um, and I feel Patterson Joseph just like makes that even more apparent and does an amazing job with that. And freaking like he's my favorite out of the cartel. Um, all of them are so freaking good, but he he is the standout. He is just absolutely amazing and i i loved every single time the slugworth was on screen um and then i think just because i enjoy he's not in it a lot but i just enjoyed his performance enough that i think number four i'll give to hugh grant who played uh lofty slash oompa loompa um what he brought to the character um I really, really enjoyed uh, the moments that he had with Willy Wonka were genuinely really funny, uh, especially the ending when Wonka is singing pure imagination to him and he keeps calming just like when <laughs> Wonka's just like, come with me. He's like, okay, where? And you'll be <laughs> in a world of pure imagination. He's just like, it's a ruined castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's just so great. It's, it's, it's moments like that. I'm just like, okay. But like I I I really appreciate you grant this role. Um so yeah, that, that would be my top four. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um yeah, definitely giving my number two to Kala. Uh exactly what she said. I thought her dynamic with with Wonka was perfection. Like it was it was such it was so sweet. And I I loved it. My number three, on the other hand, I think I'm going to give to uh, Olivia Coleman as Mrs. Scrubbit. I loved her. (laughs) Like, she was just so diabolical. (laughs) I'm just like, every time she was on, I'm just like, gosh, you are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but in such like an in, in an endearing way <laughs> yeah that i was i had a hard time like hating her <laughs> that's fair yeah no she's amazing yeah um my number four though i i am gonna be with you i'm giving it to patter patterson joseph he knocked it out of the park he was someone again another character that was just i love to hate and 
his performance, like his how how often he was just taken aback by things. I was like, <gasps> like it, it just over the top. Like, I loved it. Yeah, it so he's good. just someone. Yeah, like I said, love to hate. Like I thought he was such like his, the character was such a douche, but <laughs> like again in an endearing way. Dude, the fact that they were going to drown Wonka and Noodle in chocolate is so messed up. <laughs> like, oh my god! I know it was like, it was super messed up, but like, <laughs> like I get like you, you know like the same thing almost happens with Augustus and Willy Wonka. So I'm wondering if freaking Wonka got flashbacks in. <laughs> It's like, well, I've been here before. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that was so funny. Dude, I got to say, I love the little nods to shit that you saw in Willy Wonka. Yes. Like, I loved how the like the incorporation of the golden ticket. Like, that yes. was that was just beautifully done. Um, like being able to like eating the environment, like that was freaking awesome. Like when he yeah. first opened the shop, um, yeah, like just all those little nods, like they they were great. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my top three. Um, Hugh Grant is a very close number five though. All right, love it. Yeah. All right, so where are you sitting with acting? Everyone is just so freaking good. Um, I think acting... Because I feel like there there are certain members of the Laundrette. Uh, there's only like two characters that like just kind of bring it down for me a little bit. Um, so I think acting, I'm going to be sitting at a 94. Yeah, I was actually sitting a couple points lower. I'm sitting at like 92. Like, I mean, the the people that I had issues with, like even with like taking into consideration like Keegan-Michael Key's character, I didn't think that that character was fully necessary, but I enjoyed his performance. Yeah. And I think that just has more to do with my my appreciation for keegan michael key <laughs> no dude seriously like um kind of spoiler for the music but just i i feel it's like the way that he, he performs it the the sweet tooth song the ending when he's just like keep your wretched chocolates and slugworth is he offers him 1800 boxes and it like the music just cuts and he's just like oh done <laughs> 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 it's just so good yeah so yeah i yeah no one brought it down a lot yeah if any it was like super minor extras yeah i can yeah i can agree with that yeah all right moving on over to character development which this is one that was done really well it, i won't I, i'm not going to say it was top tier but it was done well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, for like a, a Willy Wonka origin, like this is pretty damn solid. Like seeing how, you know, he 
he has so many ideas, so many uh, ambitions, what he wants his chocolate to be when we first join him. Uh, like how it, he literally says in the song, in the first song, um, all he has to offer is his chocolate. Um, and seeing him go through so many uh, hurdles throughout, like, uh, you know, tr- trying to sell his chocolate at first, it doesn't work out him becoming uh freaking a prisoner of mrs scrubbit with uh with what happened with him for the room and board and just watching throughout him trying to expose his chocolate to how to however many people that he can to work up to eventually getting a chocolate shop and then you think that like when he's at his highest it all comes crashing down again and then after that we do he does you know like get built back up but i i feel that that actually like kind of took me by surprise that we see all this build up to him finally getting a chocolate shop he gets it but then he gets put right back to ground zero and i feel that that it it surprised me so much that i actually appreciated that yeah it's almost like where he was starting off on the ground floor and then building up and then it's that emotional hit just took him even lower than he was mm-hmm. like starting out and challenged him and his, his thoughts and just his dreams. And I, I, I really liked that take on him where he was, he was pining for something that wasn't truly attainable with it being like um him expecting his mother to like appear or whatever or whatever his idea of her keeping her promise was mm-hmm. um with when that didn't happen with this shop and i think he was already kind of like down because of that and then just the the whole blow up with the shop is is freaking crazy so I, I really, I, I really like that. And then again, it challenged his, his dreams and his beliefs and, and everything. And he was able to overcome that. Yes. And like I said, it's not top tier, but it is, it's damn good. Yeah. Like this is somewhere I, I'm sitting maybe around like an 87. That's really good. I think I'm just going to be a little higher than you at an 89. Fair enough. Definitely doesn't crack 90s, but yeah, still super solid. All right. Next up, we got effects. This was, dude, I didn't see it in IMAX, but this was a stunning movie. Oh, yeah, dude. Freaking, um, like, like I've already said, the freaking, um, seeing this in XD with like the last 10 minutes of how the factory is being built around him. Just, Oh my God, just chef's kiss. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It looked incredible. Oh my gosh, dude. We got to talk about that damn giraffe. True. That I don't know if that was a fully CGI giraffe or what the case was with that. That looked straight up real. Dude, yeah, that really did. Um, and it always looked real, too. 
It yeah, even like when. Sorry. Good. No, I was just saying, like, it, even in like in motion, it looked real. Yeah, dude. Seriously, yeah. When it's running through, um, I don't even know what it's called. Like the the, the uh, cathedral. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The the cathedral. Yeah. Doesn't look fake one bit. Yeah, that's that amazing. My freaking mind. Yeah, it looks so good. I was I was really expecting it to look fake. <laughs> That, yeah, at, fair. at some point i was like okay it's gonna make some face it's 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 gonna do something to make it look fake and it did not yeah even a little bit no not not one bit just oh my god just like um what do you think of the the effect for the oompa loompa like the motion capture that they did i mean it looked okay um <laughs> I think like the biggest thing that I'd, I'd have to say about the effects with this film is nothing felt out of place. Um, like nothing felt like it was overly rubbery. Like you, you definitely have those moments where it's like, Oh yeah, this is like d damn near pure CGI. Yeah. But there was enough real elements in it to distract from those things that looked overly rubbery. I I agree. Like um the scene where he's singing uh oh my god, uh A World of Your Own, I think that's what it's called. Um I think that I would know these I, I should know these songs. <laughs> um but uh when he's singing that when he opens his uh chocolate shop and you see Willy Wonka, like, you know, jumping uh, to uh, one cloud to another, which, like, you could definitely tell that, you, you know, like, they they look, I don't know, I don't know if you want to say fake, but, like, they definitely don't look like real clouds because, you know, they're made of cotton candy. But it's just, like, those kind of aesthetics, the way that they incorporate him, like, I guess like playing with his candy throughout that whole song, the effects of like how amazing the candy looked throughout this movie, it just freaking were incredible to me. Just amazing. Yeah. I mean, they, they were fantastic and yeah, honestly, <laughs> spoiler alert. I think a world of your own was one of my favorite songs that fair. It's Oh my God. It is so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, freaking. Uh, I can't think of a single thing that I was just like unimpressed with in terms of the effects. Cause it's like, like I said, they had enough real elements about it that made it. That enhanced it. Yes. I would, I, I cannot wait for the behind the scenes stuff to come out with this film. Yes, absolutely. Like this is one I cannot wait to see how they how they did this cuz I do not believe for a single second that a majority of this was CGI. A lot of it a lot of it was. Yeah. But I feel like a majority was practical. Uh, yeah. I agree. Or at least if a majority of it wasn't practical, the important things were practical. Yes. I mean, and then obviously, I mean, you, you definitely got stuff that's like, okay, yeah, he's very obviously on like wires 
and stuff, which who cares? Like that stuff with a character like this, you expect kind of that, that, that level of gracefulness that you can only achieve through wire work. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, um, the scene where, uh, him and noodle are like dancing in the zoo, uh, like the whole, like balloons, stuff like that. Yeah. Like definitely could tell there's some wire work there, but like, like you said, with, with a character like Willy Wonka, it makes complete sense. Yeah. It's just, they, they built it up in a way. And I think it like a big shout out has to be thrown to the first song. Um, the, the hat full of dreams that set the tone perfectly for what this film was going to be. Cause it used wire work. It used yes. practical effects. It used everything that this movie was going to utilize. Yes. So, I mean, the biggest of shout outs there. So I, I, I'm pretty damn high on this one as well. Um, but how high that's the true question. I think I'm sitting at a, pretty sturdy 94 i think like everything about this like wire work and whatever was practical worked like worked really well and in line with the things that were probably cgi yeah but nothing stood out enough where i'm not completely able to call out what's was cgi and what was practical I think just the way that the ending of how the chocolate shop is being built for how much that just had me in awe and just smiling, just how incredible that looked. I think I got to be slightly higher than you. So I think I'm going to be at a 96. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next up, we got music. Amber. There is the shit. Yeah. There is not one song in this soundtrack that I don't like. Like I've been listening to this song soundtrack nonstop since I saw this movie, which I saw this on opening weekend, December. What was it? 15th that it came out. Um, I will catch myself listening to the soundtrack at least once a day. And I do not skip over any song, even the sad one, the sorry noodle song. I don't skip over yeah. it because it's still a good song. There is only one song that I didn't a 100% care for, but it was still a catchy tune. And that Which like uh, Sweet Tooth. Really? Yeah, that I was the one that song one. that didn't quite do it for me. But I still okay. appreciate its catchiness. Yeah. So, I mean, that it, it, my person, this is just one that my personal feelings about the song vary from how I feel about how the song worked in this film. Yeah. Um, my, you don't have the hots for chalks. Okay. <laughs> my biggest complaint about musicals is every song sounds similar to the previous song with the exception of like maybe one or two. This one, every single song felt like its own entity. And exactly. I cannot praise the soundtrack enough for being able to pull that off. Like, holy shit. 
because like like with others like you can usually catch like they they're they have the same tune it's just like it's the same tune as like a previous song just like reworded a little bit and there were a couple like times where there was like a reprisal of of its of certain songs yeah um but overall i mean the big musical numbers you can't freaking beat how like original those were each song felt like an original tune and i loved that i mean obviously not counting pure imagination but still and oompa loompa but dude this soundtrack was the shit so good yeah so i have zero issue giving this a 10 out of 10 yes Oh, that makes me so happy. What's crazy, too, is after I left this movie, it wasn't necessarily pure imagination that was stuck in my head. It was a freaking a world of our own. That's fair. I've actually heard a lot of people say the same thing. Yeah, and that's freaking nuts. Because <laughs> pure imagination is a freaking banger. True that. <laughs> I think the one that's like stuck in my head for weeks has been Hatful of Dreams. I don't know what it is about that one. That's a damn good song too. <laughs> that is a a damn good song. Yeah, there's not, there are not many songs in the there are there aren't any songs in this that don't work. Yeah. And not having not only one but two and for you three songs that are all catchy like bro <laughs> yeah just oh so good so good yeah so i have no problems giving that a, a solid 10 all right next up we got costumes and so we got like a, the two main ones uh one being yeah. willy wonka's outfit and the other being the design of the oompa loompa which, I mean, I get why the Oompa Loompa is not wearing his classic outfit from the first Willy Wonka. You know, I'm sure that wasn't established until years later into it. Um, and I, I don't even I don't think that this is a true connection between the Gene Wilder one. It's kind of a looser connection, which totally OK with that. Don't got anything wrong with that. Um, so the fact that, you know, like we see how the Oompa Loompas look on Loompa Land, like all of their outfits are. Um, what's the word uniform? That makes complete sense. But then when Lofty goes out on his own, on his own, you know, he changes it up. He's, he's a lot more fancier dressed. Um, so you, it, it makes sense. Um, but freaking Wonka's outfit in this. Oh my God. Fantastic. Like it, it's, it's like Gene Wilder's, but like, say like if <laughs> I don't want to say if Willy Wonka was poor, but it kind of <laughs> does feel like that. Yeah. I mean, you got to take that into consideration though. Yeah, that's true. Like um, this is very much, um, Willy Wonka pre legendary status. Yeah, that's true. So like you freaking got the classic hat, you know, just overcoat, just like it all works perfectly in my opinion. Um, like they knocked it out of the park with how Willy Wonka looks. Yeah. I mean, and just comparing this, I mean, 
I love that they matched the the color scheme and everything. They matched the hair. Yes. So I mean, there's not a lot that doesn't fit with that. I mean, you got the same kind of color scheme though, in terms of like his outfit. That is true. Like I think in the in the movie, it's kind of like purple-ish, like outfit with the the white overalls, yeah. and you kind of have that same color. Like the 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 I mean, facially, like you got the um, like the orange with the the white eyebrows, um, the the bright green hair. Like there's, yeah, I mean they freaking nailed it. Yeah. Like I think, and we talked about this earlier. I think the only real issue that we had was maybe the size. Yeah, like I don't. The Oompa Loompas were never this small in a uh, the original Willy Wonka. Which, like, I don't know. It dev. It seems it's definitely seems like a loose prequel uh, to the original Gene Wilder one. So I, I guess you know, make you wanting to make these changes these little changes, but I, I would have liked to see the Oompa Loompas still looking the same size as they did in uh, the yeah. original. I mean, and we talked about this a little bit too. I, I think the, um, they should have gone with, uh, with a, a little person for the Oompa Loompa. Yes, I, absolutely. Like you could have kept the, the, the height difference and everything. Like the the size, but I think, yeah, I think they needed to go the little person route. I think that would have been more authentic to the uh, Gene Wilder version. Agreed. I mean, not not discounting the, the Hugh Grant's performance; like he was great, yeah. but it it would have been something I would have liked to see. And yeah, if if they went that direction, they wouldn't have had to spend. I'm assuming a decent amount on the motion capture that they had to do for Hugh Grant. Probably a solid amount. <laughs> yeah. Cause that shit ain't cheap. Nope. Yeah. But, uh, gosh, I mean, the, this, the costumes kind of have everything that you're looking for, like a solid silhouette, iconic outfit. I think I'm not at a, at a 10 with this though. Yeah. I'm, I'm not either. I can agree with that. I'm probably either strong eight or really weak nine. I think I'm going to agree. With, I, I think I'm at a strong eight as well. Strong eight. Yeah. All right. Last up, we got our own personal scores. All right. Who's going first? Uh, you pick. Coin flip. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay. Um, God, I love this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As you can see from see from our scores, uh, both Caleb and I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, the cast is amazing. Timothy Chalamet guy was incredible as Willy Wonka. This is his best performance I've ever seen. And like I said, I'm finally on the Timothy Chalamet train. I get it. I finally get it. Um, the music is incredible. Every single song is a toe tapper. Um, even if, well, I guess, okay. Maybe minus some that, you know, like are like the meant to be genuinely sad songs. I don't think you're going to be wanting to tap your foot to sorry noodle. 
um but just yeah the music is great the the supporting cast is great just this is a it's an origin movie that i feel none of us asked for but i'm so glad that we got it um because i i just love this movie so much and i know we didn't do our uh top uh movies of last year of 2023 but this actually was my this like easily became my number one of 2023 um i loved wonka um so personal score uh, i think i'm gonna go a 97 damn <laughs> dude i loved this movie <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Um I I am not at a 97, but I did very much love this movie. Um I'm sitting at a 91. <laughs> okay, then that's going a bit of difference. Yeah. Um Oh shit. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love this movie. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, it it hit all the right notes for me. Um, I had I had a good time with it, but it's just it's this is one that I am definitely going to like re-explore, and it's one that I'm probably going to do a deep dive in terms of like the production of this. Like, I cannot wait to see the production of this film. Um, yeah, so yeah, Sam 97. Are you saying you like this movie? <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what Rose is saying there. But, uh, very much so. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. Like, dude, 2023 has been a solid move or year for movies, dude. Yeah, like. I hope 2024 is just as solid, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, you and me both. But yeah, so I, yeah, like I said, I, I can't personally justify giving it a 97, <laughs> but I, I am definitely within the 90s sitting at a 91. All right. Hell yeah. uh, all right. With that, that wraps up this week's breakdown uh so going through these scores real quick uh starting off with story we are sitting at a 94.5 the writing is sitting at a 91.5 acting is sitting at a 93 the character development is I want to say our lowest category sitting at an 88. Uh, then our effects is got a pretty decent bump sitting at a 95. The music is sitting at a 10 out of 10. The costumes is sitting at an 8 out of 10. And the personal score ended up averaging to a 94. Not so with that, the final All Bros letter grade for Wonka has come out to a A minus. Yes. 
Let's yeah, go. and a pretty pretty sturdy one. Um, okay. It's definitely middle of the road, sitting at a ninety two point six two. Okay. Um, which I mean, in terms of like the A minus movies, like that's not bad. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, jeez, uh, this is probably so boring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was having a freaking bitch of a time trying to find this. All right, so Wonka sitting at an A minus ninety two point six two percent puts it on the exact same level as last night in Soho. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, there are going to be some hurt feelings. Uh, with this rank, do you want to see here what it's below or what it's above first? I kind of want to hear what it's above first. All right. Oh, Coming off real freaking hot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, shit. Is, this is sitting above Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, we are going to get some freaking fire comments from that. Oh, yeah, because people have already written this movie off as trash. What? That's what I feel like. I have it, I have not seen a ve- like positive views on this movie. Well, people can go eat it. Yeah. Suck whatever. Right. Um, I am glad, though, to see that it actually is. It is actually doing decently at the box office. That's I think good. it's a it's about to cross 400 million, which oh, a lot of people were expecting it to be a box office bomb. So I'm very happy about that. It's almost, I hope that it can make it to the century mark. Hope it can make it to 500 million. Yeah, you and me both. All right. Uh, it is also sitting above Joker. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, it is, it's high. <laughs> uh, I'm very happy about this. Uh, it is also sitting above the Bob's Burgers movie. Okay. I'm okay with that. Then it is above Elvis. Okay. And then it is above the Eternals. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Going the opposite direction. It is sitting below Black Panther Wakanda forever. Okay. It is below Encanto. Okay. Uh, it is below Avengers Infinity War. Fair. And it is below Avengers Endgame. All right. That's fair. I can agree with all those. Oh, and then one more. It's uh, below... Uh, it's below Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Okay. So I mean the the below it's like it's below <laughs> what it's below it's like yeah like that tracks yeah. what it's above it's like shit but yeah, can like... you disagree <laughs> exactly <laughs> holy shit I cannot wait to release that video <laughs> oh dude that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Top comment. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? 
dude no joke no freaking joke <laughs> holy shit <laughs> dude i i don't know if vic still watches the does vic still listen to our episodes do you know maybe okay i would be so curious to find out his opinion when he finds out that wonka's ranked higher than into the spider verse <laughs> dude i i hope that we get messages about it <laughs> i yep i hope so too i really do yeah so oh my gosh i'm so pumped <laughs> Oh, all right man. hell yeah all right well i'd say that that's gonna wrap up this episode um unless caleb you got anything else you want to say nope all right well if you guys liked what you heard and you want to hear more from us be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts we are damn near everywhere spotify google podcast iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff um, if you prefer to listen to uh, your podcasting episodes on YouTube, you can also find us there. Um, be sure to check out our social media where you can um, suggest movies to us, answer our questions of the week, stuff like that. Um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, or sorry, X. So, yeah, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and those are all uh, at the Albros. Um, you can check out our website, uh, tinyurl.com forward slash allbros. Um, and uh, also, if you prefer to get into contact with us through email, you can do so at the allbros channel at gmail.com. And uh, maybe check out our merch store. Um, got some cool shit. Uh, you guys know that Caleb does amazing designs for these episodes. Um, I'm in awe every single week that I see his uh, episode arts. So if you want to own some of them, which you should, because all of them are incredible, uh, you can find them at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Albros channel. Um, thank you, Sam. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, next week on the podcast, we'll be breaking down a movie Caleb has already seen. But I have not yet. I'm excited to see it because it's Illumination. And for the most part, they haven't let me down. Uh, so we'll be breaking down Migration. Um, so definitely excited for... Wow. Definitely excited to check that one out. Um, and so you can look forward to that in episode next week. But until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we will catch you guys next week. So long. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>